2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Windows Q&A with Michael Babcock. My name is Carrie Muth, and I'm one of the sight loss instructors at the Whole Foundation and Learning Center, and I am joined today, obviously, by Michael Babcock. Hello. And and Teresa Christian is our ACB host, who's also Hello. a Hi. And just a few reminders, um, please keep yourself muted. We will be using the raised hand features, and we'll let Teresa go through those in just a few minutes um, after Michael does a little bit of information. Um, I just wanted to let people know that the whole Foundation and Learning Center was founded 60 years ago, so this is our 60th year anniversary. Um, and it's dedicated to help people with sight loss. And we invite you to join us at our blind-friendly campus outside of Portland, Oregon. And at the end of this session, I will give contact information so you can get on our email list. We offer four to six workshops every week. And we have in-person seminars and getaways that we'd love for you to come join us and see our beautiful park. So. Be sure to get your writing utensils ready. And right now, it's my pleasure to introduce Michael Babcock. Hello, Gary, and thank you for that introduction. Really appreciate it. And as I was telling people before we jumped into this call, uh, I'm seeing a lot of names that I'm not personally familiar with. So thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time to uh, jump on here and connect with us. Now, today, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a couple of security bits. I was recently on a security podcast uh, that I wanted to share with individuals because of uh, cybersecurity and the importance of that. That's going to take a couple of minutes. And then after that, I'll hand it over to Teresa so she can share with you the commands for Zoom. Even though we all may be familiar with them, it's always important to be reiter to have those commands reiterated to us. And then we'll go ahead and take your questions and answers. Now, if you have a Windows question or answering, you already know how to raise your hand. Go ahead and get yourself in that queue and we'll get to you as soon as we get to that point. But before we get there, the security thing that I wanted to mention is a couple of, of important things, especially when it comes to your online safety. Uh, being safe online in this day and age is has never been more important. And I think that we all need to consider how we're handling 
the accounts and services that we use online in order to uh, provide ourselves the convenience of being able to have access to material, but also be secure while we're doing that. Now, what am I talking about? Uh, I use some tool, well, I use two tools that we'll talk about shortly that allow me to have unique passwords throughout all of my accounts. I don't know any of my passwords. Well, let me phrase that. I know two of my passwords. I know my Google password because I need that to get into my Android phone when I'm using that. And then I also know my 1Password, which 1Password is a tool that I use to generate secure and unique passwords on every website. And so if you haven't used a password manager, there is one built into Edge, there's one built into Chrome, there's one built into Safari on your iPhone called Keychain. Uh, Well, that's built into the operating system level wide. But the point of the matter is, is it's very important for you, again, to have a secure password. Now, my friend, uh, her name's Taylor, and she encountered an experience that I I hope never I hope none of us ever find ourselves in. But she used a security tool that helped keep her secure and helped keep the information in her account secure as well. She used a tool called two-factor authentication. And she is a small business owner. And what had happened is she received an email saying, hey, someone from a certain country has logged into your account. Uh, we want to verify that this is you. And that account that she had, that someone had logged into was an account she didn't want anyone into at all. But because she leveraged what's called two-factor authentication, she was able to thwart that uh, cyber attack and was able to uh, keep her information safe and secure. So I use a two-factor authentication tool called Authy. But before I jump into that, what is two-factor authentication? Well, Two-factor authentication, also known as second factor or multi-factor authentication, means something you know and something you have. So you know your password or you have a tool that will help you enter your password if you don't know it and it memorizes it. And then your second factor could be a code that's texted to you, given to you in a phone call, or added to an app. There's also some hardware tools available that if people have questions about, we can talk about as well. The least secure method of getting a second factor authentication code is text messages. Unfortunately, sometimes looking at you, certain financial institutions, this is the only option we have in order to keep our accounts secure. Though it is the least secure option, text message verification, it is more secure than not having anything in place. I'm using Authy. There are several other tools available that allows you to scan the QR code that's on your screen. So uh, sometimes it does require some coordination, but scan the QR code or enter the code on your screen in order to get every 30 seconds a new six-digit code generated. Then when you use a tool like 1Password or if you don't use something like 1Password and memorize all your passwords, when you log into your account online, you'll be prompted to enter your security code. So what I do is I open Authy and I get my security code out of Authy and I enter that six-digit code that's only valid for 30 seconds. 
Uh, very important to keep your account secure. And one last thing before we uh, jump into it, because I just want to make sure you get that security note into people, is if you set up a second factor authentication like Authy, or if you set up a two-factor authentication text message, you're always going to get security codes or backup codes. These are important. Uh, recently, some people who have connected with me in the past know I've been switching between Mac and Windows because I'm a glutton for punishment and I like to try new things. And I lost some of my two-factor authentication codes because I didn't know where I had saved them or what I had done with them. But I had all of my secure backup codes saved in one password. And these are one-time use. Again, second-factor authentication. One thing you know, your password. One thing you have, either the random six-digit code or your backup code. And then I was able to get into my account and reset up 2FA, two-factor authentication, and have all of my accounts secured again. So real quick recap. If you have multiple accounts, which I think 99.9% .9 of us on here do have multiple accounts on different sites or, or do have multiple accounts across different sites, you want to have a unique password for each of those accounts. It, ideally, it's important to randomly generate that password. So use a tool such as 1Password, Microsoft Edge Password Management, Google Chrome Password Manager, or iCloud. Of course, if you have a different one, uh, I, have not, I have no experience myself with LastPass or KeePass. Well, I have heard that Bitwarden is accessible, but again, that's another one I have no experience with. I've had all my information 1Password since 2017, and that's the tool that I use. Um, and then also have a second factor authentication, ideally something that is not text message or phone calls, because that, again, is the least secure methodology. But uh, if, if you don't have it, then you're even less secure. So that's my quick spiel. Uh, stay safe, stay secure. And if you have any questions about security online, feel free to mention that in your questions. And I'm going to hand it over to Teresa. And Teresa, if you could go over the commands with us. And if you already know how to raise your hand, feel free to raise your hand and we'll get to your questions. All righty. So um, just be mindful of your background noise. Um, so if you're on a PC, to mute and unmute is Alt-A. To raise and lower your hand is Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, to mute and unmute is Shift-Command-A. And to raise and lower your hand is Option-Y. If you're on the app, the lower left-hand corner is the mute button, and the lower right hand is the more button, and you'll find the raise hand under that. If you're on a touchtone phone, to mute and unmute is star six. To raise and lower your hand is star nine. And I will do my best to, when you're in the queue, if you're coming up next, I will ask you to unmute so we can um, have this go as quickly as possible. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and so what we're going to talk about, and thank you for that, Trace. I really appreciate it. What we're going to talk about today and answer for you is, your Windows questions, and if you have mobile questions, I'm willing to answer those too. I'll do my best at answering them. Uh, we wanted to, we've, we've found some success when doing, uh, when Marty and myself, the other site loss, technology site loss instructor here at the Whole Foundation, uh, we found some success when we do our mobile questions, and we figured that we would try something a little bit different and have you bring your Windows questions 
to us. So I'm not seeing any hands right now. Are you, Teresa? Deborah Baxley just raised her hand. All right, Deborah, go ahead. You'll have to unmute in order to ask. Okay. So, Deborah, are you able to unmute? I'm not hearing anything. So let's jump over and pick on Clark for a moment until okay. Deborah is available. Because I think good. I'm going to have to research Clark's question. So we'll see. Uh, go ahead, Clark. <laughs> if, I, if I split an Excel screen in the past, I could, I could scroll one half without the other half or the other side moving. Recently, I'll, sc I'll scroll one part and I'll go for a few columns, and then the other one starts moving. Mm. Uh, my mouse is eh, kind of old, but uh, I, I'm used to old stuff. I, and I'm thinking it's a mouse, so I'm going to, I did buy a mouse rather than going to the software. Is this a chronic problem? Is it a Hoffman problem? Is it something that you might be familiar with? So that is a question that I personally, and, and I hate to start it out this way, but can't help you out with, uh, I, I don't use split screen and a mouse with scrolling on Excel. However, uh, I don't want to leave you empty handed. Have you reached out to the disability answer desk with Microsoft by chance? That's the one that gives you the screen and you have to go through it. No, I have not. Is there a phone? Are you yeah. saying there's a phone number? Yeah, there's a phone number. And if you have a way to take note of this phone number, I can give it to you if you would like. I would like that. I did try one, but it ended up on the screen. If I could talk to somebody directly, oh, yeah, no, this This will let you call someone, and then they'll, they'll be able to help you at that point. They may not ask the 800. you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so it's 800-936. Uh-oh, 936. 5900. 5,900. Yep. And they may ask you for permission to remotely access your computer so they can observe what's going on. But you're actually talking to a human then. It's not trying to jump through any hoops to get someone on. And then uh, they'll ask you what you're trying to do. And if they have any immediate assistance, then they'll be able to provide that to you. Otherwise, they may ask you for remote control of your computer. But it's all fully transparent, and they'll be able to help you out, Okay. Well, not, I, won't, I won't say okay. Those digits you gave me are somewhat familiar. Now, maybe I had the wrong phone number, but I ended up with somebody that wanted to sell me either insurance and or something else as if the number, and my number was old. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm looking at the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk website right now. And so the number that they have listed on there is the 800-936-5900. Bingo. Thank you very much. No problem. Best of luck. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to help you out. Teresa, who do we have next? Mohammed is next up. All right, Mohammed, go ahead and unmute. Uh, I've hit asked to unmute a few times. Okay. Looks like that's the only other hand we have right now, correct? Correct. Alrighty. So if you have uh, questions, I'll do my best to help you out or point you in the direction of having, uh, of being able to get some assistance uh, for other 
assist for other uh, devices and or um, your, your questions answered. And Clark, go ahead. It looks like we have your hand up again. Yes. Uh, an easy way to add a pa page number for the Word, uh, a Word document. An easy way to add a page number for a Word document is a very good question. Now, I'm going to go ahead and look this up for you real quick and let you know. Um, so the best way to do this, and, and I'm going to go ahead and give this quick process to you, and I'll add a quick tip at the end. If you are in a Word document and you press Alt-Q, like question, that puts you in a search field where you can type what you're looking for in the menu options. So in this instance, I typed the word page and then down arrowed. There's a uh, sub-menu that says add page numbers sub-menu. And if you press enter on that, you can choose the location of where you want the page number to be. And if you want it to be numeric or uh, uh What's that other word that Whatever. I can't okay. think of? Okay, yeah. I, 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 um, so, so you can choose the format of the page numbers that you want. So again, that's Alt-Q, type the word page and press down arrow, and you'll hear page number submenu and press enter on that. And, and is that, uh, Michael, is that Alt-Q, is that just a Windows command? That's not a JAWS command? That is a Microsoft Word command. Uh, oh, okay, and, perfect. And actually, you can use that in any Office product, in Office 365. Uh, Alt-Q says search menus. If you need an equivalency and you're a Google uh, Workspace user, Alt-Slash will take you to a search where you can search all the menus for the commands that you're looking for. And Mohammed, are you able to unmute? Again, on Windows, it's Alt-A, and on the Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. And on iOS or Android, it's the bottom left-hand corner. Um, well, that alt Q-tip was one of the, the filler tips that I was going to share with people. Uh, and so I wanted to take this opportunity while we're waiting for anyone else who has any other questions. You'll, you'll learn by the end of this call that I am full of random facts. And uh, if you have any questions that come up, feel free to ask them. Um, one thing that you can do in Windows 10 and Windows 11 is dictate text. Now, what does dictate mean? Dictate is where you talk to your computer and it writes out what you're attempting to uh, say. So for example, this morning I was working on some support tickets and I wanted to quickly get through them, but I was doing, uh, I was doing some other things and I didn't want to be typing at the same time. So I used a keystroke, which is the Windows logo key and the letter H like hotel, and that played a ascending tone that you could hear that would allow you, uh, or that, that prompts you and lets you know, hey, we are now listening. And then I was able to speak what I wanted to type in an edit field. This works in any application that your focus is put into an edit field with. And uh, so I was using it in Google Chrome earlier today in our support system, uh, but you can also use it in Microsoft Word or in Notepad. Now, there is an alternative keystroke that some people have heard of, and they say, well, no, that's not the keystroke I was taught. Uh, if you are in Microsoft Word or Outlook, you can also press Alt and Grave Accent. That's the button directly to the left of the number one key, and that will play, a again, a different ascending tone. 
And then once you hear that noise, I press the keystroke and now it's typing everything that I'm saying right now, probably not to 100% accuracy, but it gets you going in order to get uh, your text into a word document. And then when you're done, like with the Windows H keystroke that I shared with you, you can press Alt Grave Accent again. You'll hear doo doo, and then you are done dictating. And uh, your text will then be shown to you in the Microsoft Word document, and you are able to then edit the document all you want. Mohammed, are you able to unmute yet? Yes, he's unmuted. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can hear you now. Yay. I, I see this is Ibrahim, so I'm using somebody else's account. Ah, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to c comment on uh, last week's uh, presentation. Um, you guys recommended me to email uh, the whole foundation about my Outlook question, and I did that, uh, but I never got an answer back. So I was wondering if I could come on here and see what to do. So we, I will drop a note over to the team to see if they saw your email, and we'll do our best to be able to get back to you as quickly as we can. Okay, Ibrahim? Uh, okay. My other quick question is, you mentioned the Authy app. Uh, how accessible is that? I'm thinking of downloading it. The Authy app is very accessible. Uh, it is yeah. free. And the voiceover reads the numbers weird, kind of. So, for example, yeah. uh, I'm going to open Authy right now and tell you one of the numbers because I have no problem. So, right now, it reads 296724 or 296724. Okay. That's just remember that you're always dealing with six-digit codes. So, even yeah. if it said 296724, I know that it actually means 296724. But once you become familiar with that, it's the way that the numbers are laid out in the app, then you'll understand uh, what it's doing and you just enter that code. And yes, Authy is very accessible. Okay, because I was using iCloud Keychain for a while, but unfortunately, the last time I updated uh, the iOS, um, for some reason, my iCloud Keychain did not get backed up. Um, is there uh, any way to that information, you think, or that's gone for good? I do not have an answer on that because I don't use iCloud Keychain. Uh, Marty Sobo, who it does our Mac and iOS, may have an answer for you about that. Again, okay. we once we get your contact details from the whole foundation, which I will do some investigation on that after this call, then we can get okay. you in contact with Marty and he can help you with troubleshooting that if you want. I so the uh, reason thank you so much. No problem. So the reason I don't personally use Keychain, just for everyone's reference, is because I have a problem with um, commitment issues on mobile devices and on computer devices. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm often using a, a Windows computer, which now there is iCloud Keychain available on Windows, but there still is not iCloud Keychain available on Android. And I, I find myself on Android quite a bit too. So uh, do we have any other hands, Teresa? Carrie is next and then Derek. Carrie? Did they say you could ask questions? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, she asked me to unmute, so you're you're out of luck. Ah, okay, <laughs> well, go for it. So you you mentioned Windows 10 or 11. Do mm -hmm. you recommend staying with 10 or moving to 11? I recommend stay uh, not staying. I recommend moving to Windows 11, and and here's why: innovations in Windows is going to come to Windows 11 versus Windows 10. Uh, Carrie, I think you were on the call where I demonstrated the new narrator voices a couple of weeks yes. ago. Uh, those voices will not, to the best of my knowledge, will not be coming to Windows 10. They're only going to be available on Windows 11 with narrator. 
and and so Windows 11 is it sounds scary, but it's not as much of a difference as one might think. You they've actually fixed it now. I'm running an insider build of Windows, which means my experience may be slightly different than the general consumer's experience. But when I press the Windows key, I can down arrow through my pinned applications. It used to be that I had to press tab to get to pinned applications. But the point is, is if you press your Windows key, you're immediately put in a search field. And if you work anything like I do, the first thing I do is I type DIS and hey, look, there's Discord, so I can press enter. I don't usually arrow through the applications, but Everything's accessible on Windows 11, and you do have some new voice control features that will be available in the near future for Windows 11 users, which will especially help people who have dexterity issues, uh, because you can control your, instead of just dictating, you can say, open Chrome, uh, go to wholefoundation.org, uh, you know, click on calendar and you can tell your computer what to do and control it with your voice so to answer your question even though that was long-winded i said go for the make the leap if if you're doing it on a computer you need for work maybe do it uh when you have some time to mess around with it and get familiar but it's not going to break any accessibility last thing on this though make sure you're running the latest screen reader unless you're a narrator user you want to make sure nvda is up to date or JAWS 2022 is up to date. Okay, thank you. Yep. Derek is next, and then Nora. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah. Hi there, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for a great show. Um, I, I uh, let me just turn off my uh, voiceover. Okay, there we go. Um, I used to be a whiz on win on Windows and Microsoft back in the day because I owned a computer software training company. That's it and done. I've subsequently over the years lost my eyesight and I've not used a Windows computer in give or take, I would say, about six years. That's it and done. I've kind of uh, transitioned to doing everything from email to you name it on uh, my iPhone. Now, I'm feeling a little frustrated not knowing which direction to take. I'm not certain that I want to put all the effort into learning JAWS or NVDA. So based on Windows Narrator, uh, would that be able to do a lot of what JAWS does for, let's say I want to do uh, be in a work environment somewhere? Uh, and, or even if I wanted to work on my own at home and creating documents, uh, how would that work without JAWS or NVDA? So my thoughts are, especially if you're in an environment where you can control a lot of the things, uh, JAWS is great in a corporate environment because a lot of times corporate, well, this is, is becoming less and less the case, but in the past, corporate environments required uh, third-party softwares that weren't the most accessible. Uh, so they could be scripted to, made, to be made accessible. But in the instance that you're talking about, and especially if you're coming back to Windows uh, after not being on it for a while, Narrator is very uh, efficient. You're able to, to do just about everything with Narrator. You do lose some of the flexibility, but that's not to say that some of that flexibility of using a third-party screen reader won't be built into Narrator in the future. Uh, I use Narrator quite regularly, even though I am a JAWS user, especially to test things out. Uh, I do audio editing with Narrator. 
Uh, I also use my task management tool called Todoist with Narrator. So it is completely doable uh, once you become familiar with it. And one last thing about it is in Narrator in Windows 10 and 11, again, I recommend going to Windows 11 where possible because Narrator will then be continuously updated and I don't know about updates on Windows 10, then you would be able to... um, Uh, use Narrator, and there's tutorials and uh, extensive help documentation inside of Narrator itself to help you with hitting the ground running. Thank you. That's given me a good answer. Let me me, uh, take one step backwards in terms of uh, where I'm looking to get started from. As I say, I've become so accustomed to using my voiceover in my iPhone, uh, I would have to literally start with Windows from scratch. Any thoughts about the most efficient way of doing that? Well, um, yes and no. So the, the, the initial thought that I say is, and a lot of people don't realize this, one of the amazing things about Windows 10 and, of course, Windows 11 is a blind person can pull a computer out of the box, turn it on, and get speech feedback immediately. Um, and, and so you can independently set up your own computer um, and have information about how to control that computer and get it set up. I think that would be a good way to get started. Now, uh, we can we can assist you with uh, through the whole foundation with getting familiar with Windows. And if you reach out to us at the end of the call, then we can get you in contact uh, or they, the whole foundation can get you in contact with me and I can work with you one-on-one. In addition, I know that the New York Public Library does some introduction to narrator training with Windows 10. I don't know how, how often they hold that, but that is something that's also available in the virtual environment. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I think that pretty much gives me an idea. So if I get, if I summarize what you just told me, it should be a, for somebody who's technically minded, at least reasonably so, uh, I should, using the uh, voice narrator on uh, Windows 11, should not have too much of a problem getting started without JAWS or without NVDA. That is correct. From my observation, the biggest struggle people have is becoming familiar with the key locations on the keyboard, but it sounds like you already know where the keys are on the keyboard, so that shouldn't be too big of an issue. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. One last thing to activate Narrator, if you didn't know it, the keystroke is Control plus Windows plus Enter. So you want to press Control, Windows, Enter, and that'll activate Narrator for the first time. Ah, wonderful. Great. All right. Thank you for your question, Daryl. Who is next, Teresa? Nora is next, and then Linda. Go ahead, Nora. <coughs> Hi. <coughs> Sorry, my throat. Um, I hope you can hear me. Okay, my throat. We can hear you crack. fine. Correct. <coughs> um, first of all, I have Windows 7, and someone asked me if I wanted to go up to Windows 10, but I stuck with Windows 7. And first of all, I want to find out how I can get up to Windows 11 with a computer that I have. And I have a slightly, not completely new computer, but it's newer, newer to me. And I don't remember what, I don't know what year it is, but um, the narrator that I use on my Windows 7 does not read everything I want it to read. Yep. And yep. I'd like to be able uh, I was just going to say, I, I get that. Are you using Narrator on Windows 7? 
Well, I used to, but not anymore, because it's not reading every single thing I want it to read. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to give you a website, um, and, and I'll, I'll say it now. But if you uh, have any problems with it, you can reach out to the whole foundation. And we can get you in contact. They can get you in contact with me and I can help you with finding out. Now, before I go yes. into that, though, be aware that Windows 11 does have some hardware requirements. So it Ooh. is possible that your computer may not be supported by Windows 11, especially if it's still running Windows uh, Windows 7. However, if you want to use what's called the Windows 11 compatibility tool, you can go to microsoft.com forward slash en dash us. So that's en for English, the hyphen uh -huh. sign us for United States dash, I, I'm sorry, forward slash windows dash 11. So I'll repeat oh, that gosh. again. It's microsoft.com forward okay. slash en dash us forward slash windows dash 11. And that'll oh, wow. walk you through the process of how to be able to get Windows 11, how to check to see if your, your computer is compatible with Windows 11, and yeah. uh, what you need to do in order to get started with that. Uh, so yeah. hopefully that helps. Yeah, I, uh, I have trouble getting uh, the websites because uh, I don't have any, uh, any voiceover like JAWS or NVDA or anything. No, I have to use my eye. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I wonder if I wonder if I could call a Microsoft phone yep. number. Yep, you can, and 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 I can give you that number again if you need it. Uh, they would be yeah. able to help you with with what options you have on your computer. In addition, yeah. if you need to use NVDA, remember it is free, so that is an option for you if Narrator isn't fitting your needs with Windows Seven. But I do recommend yeah. updating to Windows Seven or updating from Windows Seven because as yeah. we talked about in the beginning of today's call, security is important, especially especially in this time that we live in. And uh, yeah. Windows Seven is no longer being updated for security updates so you want to be on at least windows 10 right I, so, yeah I, yeah and my i have what you call on my computer i have a nort a norton mm -hmm. uh norton security yeah yeah but but you still want to be on 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 windows 10 or windows 11 if possible uh yeah. it will be a learning curve but i i ultimately think it's well worth it nora do you want me to give you that phone number one more time oh uh, yeah please it's going to be one 800 1-800-936-5900-5900. Okay, great. Thank you. No problem. And Teresa, who is next? Linda is next and then Karen. Go ahead, Linda. Hi. Uh, you might have kind of answered my question, but I have Windows 10. I'm trying to upgrade to Windows 11, and it's telling me that I don't have the right uh, resources or whatever to upgrade, so it won't upgrade for me when I'm already got 10. It's probably yeah. six or eight years old. I don't know. My computer's yeah. So Windows 11 implemented a secure, uh, it's, it's called Trusted Platform Module, and it's a hardware uh, requirement. And a, a lot of older computers, sadly, are not compatible with Windows 11. So Windows 10 will still be updated through, I believe it's 2024. I'll look it up and let you know for sure in a moment. Uh, but so you're still good on Windows 10, but the new innovations will be coming to Windows 11. So at some point in the near future, it may be advantageous to explore a newer computer. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering. I probably just have to get another computer, I guess. 
Yeah, <laughs> un- unfortunately. But but six to eight years is actually a pretty decent time on a computer. Uh, so you, I, I lied. Windows 10 will be supported through October 14th, 2025. Okay. The other problem I'm having, and maybe it, it just takes forever to load. And then I have these um, security things, you know, coming up and they keep coming up like um, saying, do you want to have the free scan or do you want to pay? Um, And I've got, I don't know, I've got a lot of stuff on there. I mean, but it, it takes sometimes like 20, 30 minutes before I can get to my spot I need to get to. That is not not normal it sounds like you may have some software issues uh with the security so a lot of people will say oh go get avast or go get norton or this other security tool i personally just use windows defender which is the built-in security system in windows 10 and windows 11 uh and that works sufficient for me knock on wood uh and so it sounds like you may need some some configuration of your computer setup. You can either reach out to Whole Foundation or reach out to the Microsoft Disability Desk, and either of us can help you out with getting uh, possibly getting your computer cleaned up and making the startup process a little bit faster because it should never take twenty to thirty minutes. To start I, yeah, and I just Eastwind Computers in Gresham used to be awesome, and I mm-hmm. took it in there to be cleaned up. And I don't think they did anything. The guy that worked on my computer that was absolutely awesome is no longer there. And ah. I I don't think they did anything because it's still taking way longer than it should. And so yeah. it was like, well, is it time I just get a new computer or should I see if I can get this? Because it does have a whole lot of stuff on it and so, pictures. and Yeah. And and that's something to be aware of is, is upgrading to a new computer. If you work with a tech, a, a, reputable technology firm upgrading to a new computer shouldn't be difficult and they should be able to assist you with migrating some of your uh, data over to a new computer. And I'm not saying this because I want you to go spend money, but I am saying it because of an experience. You mentioned your computer six to eight years old. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it sounds like you may not have a lot of RAM and your hard drive space may be getting full. So it might be worth exploring a upgraded computer. Um, And, and, if I had to make a recommendation for a computer, I would say go with the Microsoft line of products, like a Surface Book, because that's built by Microsoft and you're putting Microsoft software on it. It'll come with Windows 11. My second recommendation is Lenovo. Um, but yeah, so Surface Book or Lenovo. And a lot of people use, um, I can't remember the name of that other brand, uh, but those are the two that I use myself as Lenovo and Surface from Microsoft. Okay. Well, the best computer I ever had was a Dell. And this is a desktop. It's not the laptop. I've yeah. got a laptop, but this is a regular desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, is what is what is your thoughts on Costco? Oh, I, I that was before my great grandmother passed away where we purchased her computer uh, was Costco. You can get some great deals there and uh, they'll definitely be be a good place to get some computers. Now, Costco, some models, I can't speak to any names, but some models will come with additional software that either A, isn't accessible or B, not necessarily needed. So there are ways to remove that from your computer if you need to. Uh, but I would, again, look for something that has Windows 11 on it if possible. That way you can ensure you'll still get the latest and greatest uh, that's coming down the pike for Windows products. 
Well, yeah, because it's kind of like a car. I mean, as soon as you get it, they got something better coming out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Apple Apple just made an announcement about new computers. And I'm like, I just bought a laptop with you guys like two months ago. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if I was good, when I get my computers, I usually get the top of the line one. I, right. My grandson's using one that's like 18 years old. And he said, it's got, it's really good, Grammy, only it's really old. But <laughs> I, you know, so... It's, what what do I look for to make sure that I'm getting the best as far as, in your opinion, like RAM, is there, other than like a model, is there something? I would say a minimum of eight gigabytes of RAM, preferably 16. You also okay. want to make sure that your computer that you're looking at comes with an SSD. That means solid state drive. That okay. way you uh, get the fastest. And Honestly, any of your main processors now will be sufficient for what you're what you need to do with it. Uh, so you want to make sure that the computer uh, preferably comes with Windows 11 already. That way, you right. don't have to go with the ins- go with the uh, upgrade process of it. Uh, and but yeah, at least eight gigabytes, preferably sixteen of RAM. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. No problem. Reach out if you have any additional questions, Teresa. Who is next? Karen is next, and then Lois. All right, Karen, go ahead. Okay, I have a couple of questions. How do you spell Aussie? A U do 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 do. Give me a quick moment. I'll let you know for sure because I'm going to butcher it. Uh, so give me one moment. I will look that up. What's your other question while I'm looking that up? I am having trouble when I go into Gmail, and I've not been able to find out any way to do this. It opens. It goes into my email um, when I sign in. It goes into Standard View. And it used to go into basic. Do you know okay. of any way to put that back to basic? So I can tell you how to get back to basic. I don't know how to make it always load to the basic, um, but I'll tell you how to get to basic real quick. And then I'll also give you a couple of keystrokes that may help you with standard view. Cause most of the time I use standard and not basic myself. But before we get into that, Authy is a like alpha U T H Y like yellow. So it's just a U T H Y. Uh, it is available on iOS and Android. Um, and so at the top of the page, when you go to gmail.com and it says inbox and then the amount of messages you have, if you go to the top of that page and you down arrow once, you should see a button that says basic HTML button. Does that sound familiar at all? It does. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I was trying to figure out if there was a way to, because I used to have it set to basic. Uh, I will look sense? that up real quick. Um, my default on Gmail. While I'm doing that, I do want to let you know, if you weren't aware of it, that there are several keystrokes available on the Gmail standard interface. If you are a JAWS or narr- JAWS NVDA or narrator user, you can disable the browse or virtual uh, viewer mode. And that will get, then you can use your arrow keys to arrow through the messages use the letter X to select and the letter E to archive. Um, and let me see. Okay, what were those numbers again? To browse, turn off no. browse. Are you, what, what screen reader do you use? Um, I've been using Edge and I'm using JAWS and I'm okay, on Windows 10. Yep, so you're using JAWS. So JAWS calls it virtual viewer mode. So you'll go to gmail.com and then press insert or JAWS key plus the letter Z like Zulu. Okay, insert D. That'll turn off virtual viewer mode. And then 
You can use your up and down arrow keys to go through your messages. That'll let you uh, go through the messages in your inbox. The letter, okay. you tap the letter X to select a message if you want to select it. And then the letter E will let you archive it. The letter C will let you compose a new message as well. And then if you're reading a message, you can press the letter R to reply. Okay. And give me one more quick moment. Boom. Do we have another question while I'm looking this up, Teresa? Lois uh, is next. Okay. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Lois. Okay. I um trying to get my taxes to my accountant and, and my printer won't talk to my computer anymore. After a couple of computer friends looked at it, they said, well, it's either your computer or your printer. I went to the store and quickly bought one of each. Um, the computer has to go back. The Norton printer I got keeps popping on my screen that I'm supposed to get Nord, which is a um, software security thing, I think. Uh, is that even necessary if I have, you know, I use Windows security um, through my computer. Do I need separate security in that printer? I, I don't think that's necessary. I'm not certain what that is, of course, not being full of it, but it doesn't sound like it's something that would be necessary. Yeah, that was my that was my inclination. Thank you for confirming that. Yeah. No um, and so Edge, it works like JAWS. I've kind of been staying away from Edge, which is ridiculous. I've been on a computer for a little while now, but I just felt like it was confusing when I got my first uh, Windows 10 stuff and I, I just haven't used it. So as a person who is borderline needing accessibility, um, should I be using Edge? I recommend Edge. Um, if are you familiar with Google Chrome at all? Uh, no, I okay. I, uh, I I don't want a Chromebook, and I well I use I I shouldn't say no. I go into my um, I use Google Chrome to get into my computer, my Windows 10 computer. It's it's what I log in and out of. Okay. Um, yeah. So do do you have a Chromebook or do you have Windows? I have Windows. I do not have a Chromebook because I I need the bigger screen for gotcha. Um, so. So one of the advantages to Edge that people, so first of all, Edge is going to be fully compatible with any of the screen readers that you end up having to use, or if you need to use magnification or zoom. One of the advantages to Edge is a secret keystroke that's really not that secret, but I always have to test it to make sure I'm telling people the right thing. So I jumped over to look at it and make sure it was right, is if you're reading an article and you tap F9, so the F9 key at the top row of your computer, this will enter you into immersive view. So it strips out the advertisements, just gives you the text of the article, and you can either read it with your screen reader, or there's a read aloud function that you can have Edge with more natural voices read the text of the article for you. Thank you. My sister recently had a stroke and can't read it from her computer. She's driving her crazy. So I, I'm getting, I'm asking for both of us at this point. Yeah, thank you yeah. for helping. Sorry to take everybody else's on real basic stuff, but thank oh, you. Oh, no problem. And if you need any additional assistance, reach out to the whole foundation and free of charge, right. they can get you in contact with me in order to uh, go right. more in depth if necessary. You'll see me lurking on your, on your helps. Thank you. Sounds like a plan. Who's next, right. Teresa? Randall is next. Go ahead, Randall. Might be having a hard time getting unmuted. Okay. Uh, I am going to 
do a real quick. In the meantime, is that the only hand we have right now, Teresa? Yes. Okay. So. Boom. Okay. So, um, we've got, how much time do we have? We're about 12 minutes? Yes. Okay. So, I'm looking to see if I can find out a way. So there is a way for the young lady who was asking about it to get basic HTML as your default e uh, web Gmail email. I can't seem to find a reliably a reliable way to make that work. Although, as I say that, I just found a link. So if you reach out to the whole foundation, I can and give your details to them. I can get you this link that you can actually bookmark if you prefer to just use the basic HTML. And then you just go to that page uh, every time you want to check your email, and it will automatically put you into basic HTML mode on Gmail um, if that is helpful. Okay. Randall. Still muted. Yep. I Astoria's next. Astoria, go ahead. Or I have Astoria. two quick questions. Yeah. Is there any way you can change um, your font to permanently be in Outlook? It's uh, 11 now. And um, do you do Zoom? Yes. Uh, do I uh, do I use like magnification Zoom that way? Uh, I do not use Zoom. No. Okay. I use the Zoom software that we're on right now, but not Zoom for accessibility. Okay. And I I had um, just right now. You can just tell me how to set my uh, font uh, in uh, Outlook. Yeah. So the best way to do that is you can go, I'm going to give you the long way and then the shortcut way. You can go <laughs> up to your file menu. Then you can go down to options. Then you can go to stationary and then fonts and change it there. Or a faster way that you can get there is again that, that alt Q keystroke, Q like question and type in the word font and it should pop up a way to modify the default font at that point. Hopefully that helps you out. I am not seeing any other hands. What about you, Teresa? Mm, yeah, Lauren just raised a hand and Randall lowered his hand. So I don't know if he changed his mind or just gave up, but <laughs> Lauren is next. Go ahead, Lauren. Hi, hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. This is very informative. It's very, uh, it's very interesting, very educational. Um, I'm having a lot of problems. I'm, I'm using a Windows 11. I'm using a Dell solid state. It's a really good computer, mm -hmm. laptop. And for some reason, I use uh, various screen readers, but for some reason, a lot of times it makes me crazy. If, when I get into Edge or whatever, I alt tab, and a lot of times it says task squishing or it says pain. And I don't know why it does that. And that's all it says in, in your stock. So I don't know what to do with that. And then sometimes when I was on edge, sometimes NVDA sort of stalls, like stops in between sentences, like like that sort of. And 
it just uh i mean i, I updated edge to the latest update but i i don't know what where, where to go with it and what to do you know it's yeah so that's interesting that you mentioned that um so that yeah i i so as you were talking i was seeing if i could duplicate that i'm using jaws 2022 myself and in right. edge if i press alt tab it does say task switcher uh task task switching to me right. so it's not just you you're 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 not uh someone who's who's it's unique to have you by chance reached out to the disability enter desk to see if they have any ideas for what could be going on because I have not paid that much attention to this. Um, so I don't have an answer for you. I see. No, I, that, 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 that particular, that particular problem. I have not reached to them about that. Maybe I will. Maybe I yeah. will. Yeah. I would do that and see if they have any suggestions to you. Looks like there is some answers on the Microsoft support site for encountering this. So it would be advantageous to reach out to the disability answer desk, see if they have any ideas Last thing is, uh, you said you use multiple screen readers, uh, hopefully not at the same time. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Support. Just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't worry, please. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. use the one. Perfect. So yeah. Do you need that number again or do you have it? I, I have the number. I call them all the time. So I, I know, oh. I know the number. I'm on phone oh, for hours with them. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I'm almost on in circles with them. Sometimes I'm, I like get the run around from them because you know well but. well well they'll definitely get you taken care of so uh hopefully right. that that helps you a little bit Teresa right. do we have anyone else thank you no problem no more hands Alrighty. well for the time being I'm gonna go ahead and start to uh get things uh looks like Nora's hand is up is that up oh, she just raised it. ah go ahead Nora you will be our last question of the day Maybe. Oh, I was just be having a hard time. Okay, Nora, if you can get in there, feel free to just interrupt me and let me know if you're able to get unmuted. Uh, in the yeah, last, there you are. Yeah, I was unmuted. Yeah, it just my voice. Thank you. And yeah, oh, by the way, um, I have a Norton. Uh, Norton security thing in my computer. Yeah. So I don't have, and it's free, so I don't have to buy anything. So a friend of mine gave me a computer, I think it's about 2016 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just like about six years old. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to call Microsoft and see if they're going to, if they can get me up to Windows 11. Perfect. Microsoft is amazing to work with and they'll do their best to help you out. Okay. Okay, and also I have a team viewer so that they can help me out because I have no no voice or uh, what do you call it? No jaws. You, you have no no screen reader. Yep. Microsoft actually uses <laughs> they, they don't use Team Viewer, they use their own tool, but they'll be able to help oh. you out and make sure that you're able that they'll be able to get in and help you out over that. Okay. okay one great. last one last Thank thing you. that I want to mention to people uh, before I hand it back over to Carrie to wrap us up for today, and I uh, greatly appreciate everyone for joining us again, uh, is if you ever want some sighted assistance and you just want someone to look at your phone through your computer because you have difficulties with explaining how to be able to uh, or exactly what's going on with your computer, 
Remember the free application, Be My Eyes, it does have Microsoft as one of the partners on that application. And you can use that to connect with the Disability Answer Desk and get sighted assistance through your phone. And then they can help you with setting up remote control. In addition, one thing that people are unaware of is, and, and I thought about this when we were talking about the Gmail question, if you also need assistance from Google, for example, maybe trying to get the default HTML as your default when you log into Gmail, Google uh, disability support is also available through Be My Eyes free of charge, and they can use your camera to remotely see what's going on on your computer and provide you some assistance. And with that, Carrie, I'm going to hand it over to you to wrap us up in the last five minutes. Sounds great. Thanks, Michael. So much information. So at this time, I'd like to thank Whole Foundation and Learning Center's contributors and members for without their financial support, these calls would not be possible. Um, we have a few more Zoom classes this week. And if you contact us, you can get on our email list. Some of these are in the ACB community calls and some are not. So um, and these are Pacific time, so all you Eastern people can reverse it. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, we have a how are you doing and how are you dealing? That's like a peer support group. And on Thursday, we have three sessions at 10 a.m. Pacific. We have running a hardware store blind. Should be really interesting. At 1 p.m. Pacific, it's traveling within your local area. And... That evening at 7 p.m. Pacific is the art and science of riding an elephant. And for those that have been on the ACB calls before, Peter Altschul will be our guest. Um, so that's pretty, that'll be a lot of fun. We also have some upcoming getaways and in-person seminars. April 5th to the 8th, we have a spring fling getaway. And that's just a fun social time with arts and crafts and just different events at the park. And there's a living with blindness seminar, April 20th to the 22nd. And that's actually training. You go in there, there's actually a mobility person, a specialist and another teacher and other sight loss instructors that are there to help people learn some of those skills. And our, um, we do have scholarships available and they, they will make travel arrangements from the airport to the, or the bus station, train station out to the park. So as I mentioned, here's how you're going to get a hold of us to get on our email list or like Michael mentioned, several people to call in and you can call us at 503-668-6195. Again, that is 503-668-6195. You could email us at oralhole at gmail.com. That's O R A L. H-U-L-L at gmail.com. Or you can look us up on the web at wholeparkfortheblind.org. Sorry, I had to listen. Jaws talks fast, but not fast enough sometimes. So, and that is H-U-L-L parkfortheblind.org. So we always end with a joke and a quote. So what is the difference between a virus and windows? Michael, any ideas? I have no ideas, but I'm nervous. <laughs> Viruses rarely fail. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, that is only fair with older windows. Just had to throw that out there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, at a point to ponder. Um, the real danger is not that 
computers will start to think like men, but that men will start to think like computers. <laughs> and that was by Sidney J. Harris. So thank you everybody for joining us and come back soon. Have a great day.